first thing I was called was a cheat because my dad works there. Oh, so wow. they were like, oh yeah, her dad's letting her win for sure. Like, no question about it. So, Because how, how could I, a female, win a drag race? My name is Christina Atat and I live in Qatar. Hello you guys and welcome to another episode of Qatar and Quotes. I'm Ria Sayadi and I'm going to be your host for today's episode. Today I'm joined by a phenomenal guest. She's the first female drag racer in the Middle East. She's very young, she's very brave and nonetheless she has a lot going on in her life. Her name is, do you like to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Christina Atat and I'm 18 years old. Now, Tina, what first got you into drag racing? So, I've, I've been in the drag racing environment my entire life. My dad's been a drag racer even before I was born. So, I've always been, I grew up in that environment. So, I think it was just natural for me to fall into it. So, it was basically my dad's, yeah. Do you remember what age you started drag racing? I was 13 when I first uh, started practicing to start drag racing. But my first official race is when I was 14 years old. And when was that race and did you win or how did it just like go overall? So that race was I think back in 2013 or 2014 and I was very nervous. I was um, I was the only female and I was the only non-Qatarian team. So obviously I had a lot of nerves but um, believe it or not I did win that first race and it was such a it was it was, I don't want to say it was a surprise, but it was such a huge, I felt so accomplished because I finally proved something, not just to myself, but to everyone around me who thought I was just there as an image rather than someone who's coming to race. So it was just a huge accomplishment for me, both physically and mentally. You are the first female drag racer yeah. to win a race at a very young age. Yeah. So you did accomplish a lot, not just for yourself, but for a majority of young girls in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. That being said, did that um, accomplishment and that race open segues for you in the drag racing um, industry? or? Well, I don't want to say that it opened um, new segues for me because it was I wasn't very... I, like not a lot of people actually like knew about what I was doing only friends and family actually found out but not a lot of people knew what I was doing until I won that first race but then after I won um it actually closed some doors for me because the first time I did win I was taken off the team because um they didn't think I was gonna win and they didn't really want me to win they just put me they put me on the team to encourage other females and like to show that there is diversity on the team but the the first time I won I was taken off the team wow yeah and um like first they promoted it so so good they were like the first female drag racer in the Arabian Gulf here come see her now and whatever but then when I won I was taken off the team and there was like this whole issue which then I had to go and buy my own car and join under my dad's team so I can actually race again so it was crazy that is absurd so yeah. they promoted you at first but when you won they did they kick you off the second you won um by the time like 
uh, they informed my dad. They didn't inform me. Yeah, it was the same. It was the following week. Yeah, I was. They, we they were told. They told my dad that at this point they only want Qataris on the team. So was that a rule that existed before? No, it wasn't. Because that's not what they were trying to change. That's why I was brought in on the team. The only non-Qatari and mm. the only female. Because mm. they were trying to change that image. But then when I won, they were like, oh, we only want Qataris now. Then I was taken off. What a shocker. <laughs> yeah. What a shocker. Do you remember what that team was? What was it called? Um, it's not, it's not, um, it's not, a. it's just, it's under the club's name. Mm. The Qataris club's name. Mm. Um, so... It's not necessarily just a team. Mm. It's just under the club's name, basically. Okay, okay. Did you feel... I mean, I don't know. Did you feel shocked when you were kicked out of the team? Or was it like, I'm there for another adventure in my I dad's mean, team? At first, yeah, I was... I was Because they welcomed me with open arms. Like, I was like... I was so into it. And when I first won, I was like, this is great. This is going to be so good um, for me and for everybody else. And for especially for other females around me but then when I was taken off the team I was disappointed to say the least because I was uh, I was expecting something more not mm. something less but then um, it went even better because under my dad's team it was some, I was closer you know I felt more at home because I've always been around my dad's team so everybody I was working with was were people I already knew so I want to say actually it was a good thing I was kicked off because then I joined a team where I'm already familiar with everybody. So have you competed um, in other races after your first race or did you just train and work on um, yourself? No, I did. I competed under the Alanabi performance. Uh, so I was under AAP. Um, I competed in every race, so 20, 2014, 2015, 2016, in all of the ADRL races, which are the Arabian Drag Racing League races, and some national races here in Qatar. So every time there is a race, I did compete under AAP. Did you win every single race? or? Was I that... mean, there were good ones, there were bad ones. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but I did win some and I did lose some. So it, was, it went both ways for me. So you said that your dad inspired you and you said that your dad was one of the major inspirations on yes. why you joined drag mm -hmm. racing. So do you think parents play a major role in kids' hobbies or, for example, sports interests? Yeah, for sure, of course. Like, if it wasn't for my dad, I wouldn't even be doing this right now. Um, because my dad is the one who actually encouraged me to come and try out for the team. So if it wasn't for my dad, it, I would not have joined the team. And especially also my mom, because after my first couple of tryouts, I had a small accident. Like I crashed into the wall, I broke some parts of the car, and then I came home and I was really upset about it. And mothers at the stage are obviously, I went to my mom because I was feeling a bit upset. And then she sat me down and she encouraged me even more. And that was, my parents were the main reason I actually joined. Um, racing because they were so they wanted me to try something new and to actually accomplish something no one's ever done before so parents definitely play a huge role when it comes to children and what choosing what route they want to take when it comes to sports and activities
did mention that you struggled a bit in your like races. You got into a couple of crashes and accidents mm-hmm. here and there. What helped you overcome these accidents, these hurt, uh, hurdles? Uh, my mom. Um, because anytime I had a small accident or I went too fast on the tree or like I went too slow on the tree, my dad obviously is is the most supportive person, but he just he doesn't show it as much as my mom. So whenever I had something that I was worrying about, something I was feeling upset about, I immediately went to my mom and she'd immediately lift my spirits up by reminding me of what I'm doing, not just for myself, but for others. Mm-hmm. So also my sisters and everyone around me, really, now that I think about it, everyone around me just was so supportive. Um, when Whoever came to my races, whoever was present in my races, and if I lost a race that day, it wasn't, I'd cry about it, but then I realized it's not a big deal. And everyone around me made me realize that it's not a big deal. And it was, it was really good for me. Now that you've done all of this um, mm-hmm. for so many years and you've had your parents' support, which is extremely admiring and mm-hmm. just aspiring to look at, um, is there something that we'd, you'd like to tell younger girls your age or even younger than you that are trying to follow a certain sport or a certain dream and they feel like they're the only ones because you were the only girl on that I, team yeah. and you were the only girl that actually did that sport in the Middle East mm-hmm. at such a young age. So what was one? what's one thing you'd like to tell the girls, young girls, or what's one thing you would like to tell yourself? Honestly, there's a lot I'd like to say because... Um, just so I can, just so this is off my chest, when I was racing, because I was the only girl, the fathers of the other boys that I was racing against would come and they'd be right next to my car because we got into the cars next to each other. And they'd be like, ah, this is easy, yellow, like finish it off and let's go on to the next round, right in front of me. And obviously that disappointed me so much. Like it, it just felt like a heavy, especially since I was a child, I was a kid. So I, it felt like a heavy weight on sat on my heart every time I heard one of the fathers say that to their sons because I knew they were just filling the, their heads with stuff that aren't really true. And every time I did win, the boys would just kind of have a thing against me even more until we obviously grew up and realized what are we doing and we became really good friends. So one thing that I would really like to say to younger girls or to myself back then is don't let what others say affect what you're going to do because if you if I did I wouldn't have come to where I am now so I think just follow what you think is right especially in times where you feel like no one else is gonna support you at that stage because if you have yourself people will eventually come and be like yeah she is right and they'll follow you without hesitation so just do what you want to do and doesn't matter what gender doesn't matter how old doesn't matter ethnicity race whatever just whatever you want to do do it one thing that you mentioned which caught my eye was that the guys would talk about you mm-hmm. after you'd win the race or mm-hmm. you're just like racing with them do you recall some of the words that they used to say oh yeah i um so first thing i was called was a cheat because my dad works 
there. Oh, wow. So they were like, oh, yeah, her dad's letting her win for sure. Like, no question about it. So, Because how could I, a female, win a drag race? So the first thing I was called was a cheat. Um, other words I was called are not appropriate <laughs> to use, but um, usually it came from the little kids but then I knew at that stage that the little kids got it from their fathers like it's not them saying it obviously mm -hmm. like where are they going to learn to tell me such words yeah and never to my face behind it's behind my back but always close enough so I would hear oh wow so um it, it was it was very discouraging but I I let it I turned all that like disappointment I turned it into like anger and it just it worked for me because I it, I accomplished more than I ever thought I would and I think it's mostly because of what was said to me behind my back I just it encouraged just I just wanted to do more to prove that they are wrong but then I realized I'm not doing it for them I'm doing it for myself so even though those words were like really bad and they did hurt I was like eh, I put it behind me but yeah no it was it was it was bad I mean, it sort of roots and stems from the fact of ignorance and the fact mm -hmm. that they were, like you said, listening to their parents and what their dad said. Yeah. But are you friends with them now? Do you guys talk or is there this like tension, an elephant in the room? Um, no, now we actually laugh about it because we were little kids. Like we were, what, 14, 15? So we were little kids. Um, and I still remember the first day they, that we actually realized we were becoming friends because we were all training together. We trained for hours. Like we were stuck together every single day for hours on end. So we're really close now. I'm close with a couple of them and we talk all the time. Um, some of them are doing their thing outside of the Middle East, you know. So I'm really glad that we actually went over that barrier. And a lot of them actually came and apologized to me after we got past the point of male and female. We, and we actually became friends. We stopped seeing each other as competition. So every time we'd have a race, it wasn't like, oh my God, I'm going to win, I have to win. At, at one point, it became less about proving myself and more about having fun, especially when we became friends. So it became like friendly competition, banter. And that's when I actually started enjoying myself in these races instead of mm. feeling like I have to do something about it. So yeah. So that's honestly an accomplishment yeah, and that is big one. It's a, it's an amazing feeling to know that people change. Yeah. People do forgive and forget and people mm -hmm. learn from their mistakes. So now that you've been in this industry for more than, what, five years, yeah. six years, I'm wondering, did you see any more girls joining the club or any girls doing drag racing as a sport, or is it still just you? Um, after I joined, um, two years after I joined, this little girl came and joined as well, and she kept following me around. It was really cute. She followed me around. She always took pointers from me. We had a lot of fun together, um, but other than her... And other than her, there was nobody else. My little sister is actually joining as well. Um, but those are the only two I've seen so far in the Middle East. I don't know about anywhere else. Like I know it's very popular out in the West, but here I still have yet to see a significant change when it comes to females in drag racing. So, I mean, it's 
it's really shocking because we're women and we're just trying to fit in certain industries and we're finding it weird and odd that you don't see another woman doing this kind of sport when yeah. it's not it doesn't have like a gender or a label for that mm-hmm. but other than the athletes what about the coaches are there any female coaches or are they all male um all male <laughs> really i've never had a female coach i've never had a female trainer there was one female drag racer here a couple of years back but she came from america to join a couple of races here but that was the only other female i've seen um when it when it came to drag racing yeah and most of the females i see in drag racing are the just the ones doing the interviews at the end of the race like i haven't seen any females partaking as of yet and do you think that's unfortunate or do you think that's just common and a norm because this sport isn't really accepted for women in the middle east i think mm-hmm. it's both unfortunate but i also think that it's expected because it took a lot for me to get into racing especially here um so while i do think it's really really unfortunate i don't think the message was spread out more i don't think many people actually know about it and that not not a lot of people know about females or drag racing or females in drag racing so i think the message should be spread more across qatar especially and i think after that if there's more information on how to join or if there's more information on what to do to join or just i think we should raise more awareness it is it's not something that um is very important at the moment but it's something that should be taken into consideration over the upcoming years because drag racing is a growing industry and i feel like in qatar we need more female representation in drag racing i do agree with you there is a lack of female representation in a variety of sports and mm-hmm. one of them is drag racing for sure so it is such an honor to be able to have an interview with oh, one of thank you. the first female drag racers in the middle east being a middle eastern yeah. female drag racer So um, now that Corona has happened, I'm pretty sure some of the races have been stopped and many of them may, may have been canceled. So mm-hmm. did Corona, I mean, the pandemic affect your, um, you know, drag racing races or was it just... Yeah, no, it yeah. really did because um, my trainer couldn't come, so I couldn't train. Um, it's really, it's very difficult to find a junior dragster a trainer here in Qatar. So um, most, uh, a lot of my races were canceled because of the pandemic and there were some national races but i don't really participate in national races as much but now since i am 18 i'm uh, over 18 at this stage um i'm gonna get into um drag racing but no more junior there's no more junior in my title i'm just gonna get into actually the adult drag racing and become learn more and more about it so do you see yourself like five years from now being like a professional drag racer in the middle east or in the arabian gulf or is it just like a hobby well it first started off as a hobby um obviously it became a huge part of my life i used to train every day from four till eleven yeah so i'd come home from school and then from i from home i'd go from from my house to Qatar Racing Club and then I'd come back home at 11 so it was like really long and it became it took up a huge part of my life but then um, at this point because I am in university 
and I'm doing a lot of things, it's not my main focus. But I think that in the future, especially in five years from now, it's something that I'm definitely going to continue with. I don't know, maybe maybe not professional level, but something that I'm going to continue with for sure. Is there another thing that you see yourself doing other than drag racing? Or is it just drag racing? Do you have any other hobbies? Um, hobbies, not so much. Like drag racing is the main thing um, that I did ever since I was young. Um, now at this stage of my life, it's mostly just uh, studying um, and making sure I'm getting my work done in university, especially since I'm a first year student. So I don't, I don't really have a lot of time for hobbies and stuff. So no, drag racing is the only thing I'm doing actually mm-hmm. as a hobby. And now that I mean, since you guys don't really know, but Tina is a freshman in Georgetown University. Am, so congratulations yes. for joining uh, thank Georgetown you so much. University. Thank you. Um, do you see yourself, you know, just focusing on your studies and just look, working on yourself as a woman that's just, you know, studying international politics or whatever mm-hmm. it is that you're going to decide later on? Or do you see yourself like putting in drag racing in your major and in your career? Drag racing is always going to be a part of my life, no matter what I do. So even it doesn't really matter what I decide to do later on in the future, because I, I do want to study politics. I do want to get into law, I do want to do other things, but um, drag racing will always be a part of my life. But my main point at this stage, I think, is getting my education, even to my parents, getting my education done is the most important thing, finishing my education, getting my degree, getting a good job, and then going back into my hobby slowly, which is drag racing. Is there like one final message that you would just like to give young girls out there or just the drag racing industry as a whole? Uh, yeah, um, it does not matter who is behind the wheel. As long as they're good at what they're doing, you can do whatever you want. That's honest. You just summed up everything you <laughs> exactly. said in one sentence. Exactly. You're amazing. I Thank love you. that. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode for today. It was a phenomenal night time just talking to a feminist and a rising drag racer who's trying to find her way in a male-dominated industry in drag racing and specifically in the Arabian Gulf. Like she mentioned, a lot of struggles have occurred and it wasn't an easy route, but she's extremely determined on proving herself and just proving her worth. Mm-hmm. So I really hope that the young girls that have been listening to us and have and you know listened to our previous episodes just realize how women are capable of doing as much as men can. For sure. And thank you, Christina, so much for your time <laughs> and effort you. today. So thank you guys for listening and stay tuned for our next episode of Qatar Quotes.